Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Hey, Augie. Good morning, Nia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. Uh, right before spring break. Yeah, I know. That's So this is going to come out during spring break. Yeah. So I would like to say to people, if you are going on spring break, like if you're going the last weekend when you hear this, check the State Department's website for any updated travel information about where you should and shouldn't go, but enjoy yourself. I hope you have a good time. I hope you get lots of sleep. Or if you don't want sleep, I hope you got to get to walk on lots of warm, sandy beaches and enjoy yourself. Or uh, or climb the mountains and ski down them or whatever it is that you like to do. Or read a book that somebody did not assign you. Exactly. Yes. That would be marvelous. Or, you know, just hang out. Do nothing. There's a lot sure. of, There's a lot to be said with taking your brain offline. But I felt like it was important that we should mention that given coronavirus and given that in Italy schools are closing, yes. we actually have programs that send students um, and there's now the university is going to have to work that out about what we're going to do for um, uh, our CLS students and our Boren students who are going to places in the world where they study abroad. Right. Might be difficult to visit. So anyway, we wish you all the best of luck with that. So So, what do you want to talk about today? Oh, my gosh. I want to talk about everything. I want to talk about everything. The first thing that I want to ask you about is this. Okay. I will not pretend that I read the um, the decisions of the appeals courts of the various. I know you do, but I don't. Perhaps. I, well, yeah. No. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> yes, four o'clock in the morning. But hey, nothing goes better than uh, uh, with your first cup of coffee for the day. Okay. Then, <laughs> then appeals courts decisions. Then, then perusing. Okay. The 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 out, the output. Of our uh, lower federal uh, courts, I'm, I'm telling you. Okay, <laughs> I would think for me that would be the thing I would need to do to go to bed at night, like put me to sleep, because uh, I, I don't understand half the language. But I know you do because you're a constitutional scholar, and you have to read cases all the time. I always tell when students come to me and we're talking about cases, I say to them, I have to read a case like six times to understand the decision, right? Because of the way clauses are put. Because yeah. of the way lawyers write clauses. Yeah. Um, it's a version of English that most of us do not use. Yeah. It, and so, but you can, I mean, if you yes. just slow down, slow mm. down yes. and, you know, dissect the sentence. It's like, it's like when we were kids and you had to diagram the sentence. Yes. I feel like I have to diagram, you know, um, opinions and concurrences and dissents sure. and stuff. But we have a, we have a friend of the podcast who said to me, ask Augie if the McGann thing was a big deal. And I said, I feel like I'm being set up. <laughs> and and he said, no, I would never set you up, never set you up. And then he snickered. And then when I sent you an email and said, is this a big deal? You wrote back to me big in capital letters. Yeah, it's one of the rare times that I used, actually use caps in an email. Yeah. I was. I yeah, said, it, okay, this. Yeah. So this for, is a big deal. So. So for uh, our listeners. Um, first of all, Don McGann. 
Yes, Don he's, McGain. He's the... He used to be. Oh, sorry, he's no longer, but he was the counsel, White House counsel. Yeah, White House legal counsel. Is there one legal counsel or is there an office of legal counsels? And he was... <laughs> he was in charge. Okay, so yes. he was the head of that office. Yeah. But so, there's more than one lawyer over there. Sure. Okay. Okay, so um, and, and the, the follow-up question uh, was particularly good. So uh, the White House legal counsel office... Okay, um, is part of the executive office of the president. It's part of the West Wing. Okay. okay? Um, and for those of you who, uh, who may have watched that old show, um, I do believe like seasons two and three, uh, the well-known actor John Larroquette was the White House yes. legal counsel. Okay, he was in charge. Yes. Yes, he was in charge. But it's basically an office comprised of attorneys um, whose sole, if you will, client is the office of the president. But not the president. Not the president individually, but right. the, the whoever is occupying the office of president. Okay. So, you know, remember, guys, this, this goes back to high school civics or <laughs> Poly 103, intro to U.S. government. It's the office of president. Whoever is occupying the office of the president has their own law firm. It is the White House Legal Counsel's office. But it's not protecting them from personal criminal liability. No, it, it, no. So if, their if, job— Let's just pretend for a moment that I'm president. <laughs> you know I want to be. And I just decide to steal some of the art in the White House and sell it. The, the White House Legal Counsel's office would not represent you. Right. I would have to get my own attorney. Yes. In fact, they probably have already produced a memo in, <laughs> instructing any occupant in the, uh, uh, in the position of president that you can't do that. Yeah, you can't sell art because it doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to the— No. It doesn't belong to the president. It belongs to To the, the office. Yes. Um, okay. Remember, Hence why Mr. Giuliani is— the is involved in is is, is a president's with, personal with president Trump. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's defending President Trump as a person. Yes. Not as the office of the president. That's correct. But the council's office represents when the, the office. president says the president is going to do this thing. They offer counsel about whether mm -hmm. that thing is legal in terms of the office of the president. Sure. Yep. So. Yeah. Sure, you can paint the White House purple if you want to. Who can, what's in a name? Purple okay. House. So I'll it's give fine you, with us. I'll give you an example of uh, the handiwork, okay, the, the output of the White House Legal Counsel's Office. Okay. Okay, in 1973, um, uh, uh, overriding a veto of then-President Nixon, the United States Congress passed the War Powers Act, okay? Right. Uh, which basically— uh, was in response to Nixon, LBJ, uh, President Johnson, President Kennedy, who basically got us into Vietnam um, with no— Subterfuge. Okay, with no particular end date, if you will. Right. So the War Powers Act basically says that if a president, without a declaration of war from Congress, sends American troops into a foreign land, that within a period of time, the president then has to um, submit a report— to Congress. And we talked about this yes. when I was going to invade Canada. That's right. We did. Okay. okay. Now, every president, okay, <laughs> from Nixon 
through the <laughs> through the current occupant Donald Trump and you might be a future occupant okay <laughs> every president has asked the White House legal counsel's office for a legal memo as to whether or not the War Powers Act violates article 2 of the constitution and article 2 just focuses on the Office of the President and the Executive Branch, right. whether or not the War Powers Act violates Article Two of the Constitution, and every White House legal counsel, okay, has submitted a memo. And I'm, some scholars have joked all they do is like you know, copy it, copy, change a few dates, <laughs> yes, change a few, a few names. names, right? Okay, but every. I, I mean, I'm assuming they use the same legal basis. Oh yeah, sure. Because it hasn't been challenged. You mentioned that the, it, it's, the, not, been it's not been challenged by Congress. Co- That's right. Does Congress have an uh, an office a council? Uh, do they have lawyers? Uh, yes, they do have lawyers. Okay. Uh, yes, they do. So they could, in fact, send a counter memo. Sure. And then, and the, they, then his, nothing would happen until the, somebody went to court. That's right. Okay. So Don McGahn. Okay. But, but it would. In, but the counsel for the Congress would work the same way. It wouldn't in. It no, wouldn't just repar- defend you as an individual no. against individual claims. It would only defend the Congress, Congress the institution, and the rights yes. of the Congress. Okay. So, so these are sort of higher level lawyers in the sense of yeah, they, they're not about individuals. They're about, about the, the, the greater government. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, when uh, Donald Trump was elected president, um, he picked as his um, uh, head of the White House Legal Counsel's office, Don McGahn, well-known Washington, D.C. attorney, right? Is that person usually a political person or is that person just a really good lawyer most of the time? Uh, both. Oh, okay. So they're a yeah. They're um, a political player. Sure. In addition to being okay. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, if you're president, are you gonna go ahead and pick a lawyer whose um, ideological, shall we say, sympathies um, is for the other side? <laughs> Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. Okay. Well, I mean, in the ideal world, what you'd have would be a balance in that office so that that there would be a reasonable Mm -hmm. chance that you that what you do doesn't get doesn't get um, overturned or or challenged. Yeah. Right. Because in the ideal world, you'd be able to close all the loopholes. Sure. And if you were myopic, you might not be able to do that. Yeah. um, But. You know, it's it's both political but also legal. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so he chooses Don McGann. Okay. Who, by the way, I do not mean to offend Don McGann, but when I saw a picture of him, I was like, that is just a dude. Like, he doesn't. He doesn't look – he doesn't wear those really sharp suits. No. And he doesn't look all, like, sharky and stuff like a lot of big-time lawyers do. No. Nope. He just looks like a guy. A guy you'd see walking around campus. Yeah, he looks like a guy who— Kind of a professory sort of dude. Yeah, he looks like a a, a bureaucrat. Yeah. Yeah. In the best sense of the word. He just looks like sort of like, hey, I'm just here to get it done. He knows what the expected uniform is for his position. (laughs) Okay. Right. He wears it, but he doesn't— He doesn't come in there in a $5,000 Brooks Brothers suit and act all— Whatever. He just seems like he's very low-key. Sort of like, okay. hey, it's all good. So uh, part of the issue, uh, uh, McGahn um, at various times sat in on meetings, as 
White House legal counsel attorneys frequently do. Do they? Okay. Yes, to kind of sort of make sure that the um, president stays within their lane. Constitutionally, you're not legally. just going off promising things yes. like, "Sure, I'll sell you Alaska for a buck." <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, oh, you're okay. not doing things like that, okay? You know, the, the, uh, Mr. President, <laughs> perhaps we should talk about that. And in fact, I was just, I was just going to go ahead and say, <laughs> they're the person in the room that says, "Okay, uh, interesting conversation, but uh, perhaps we cannot do that, Mr. President." Okay. Okay. All right. Or what an interesting thought. Uh, yes. Thought. Um, yeah, interesting brainstorm. Right. Okay. However, okay, um, we have roughly two hundred years of <laughs> a of, law and president that say you no. can't do that, right? <laughs> so um, that uh, would be a tough job with so, some presidents. So oh, yeah, like the current one. Right. <laughs> okay. So um, when uh, 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 Special Prosecutor Bob Mueller. Okay, issued his report. There were sections of the Mueller report that indicated that Don McGahn was actually in the room when President Trump was talking about, you know, firing um, uh, individuals related to the uh, Russia involvement in the 2016 presidential election. Okay, um, and the House of Representatives um, wanted. Um, uh, Council McGahn to testify as to what he heard um, and what did the president, uh, what positions did the president advocate? So they subpoenaed him? Well, they subpoenaed him when um, McGahn uh, made it very clear that the only way he would testify in front of Congress is if he was legally forced to. And that's basically what a subpoena is. It's a, a, a legal document that forces you to appear in front of, okay, a government institution with jurisdiction to investigate, hear a case, etc. Right? And if you don't, you shall be held in contempt. That's right. Although I'm not entirely sure what contempt, I mean, in a court, contempt could mean that you end up in jail. But I'm not sure what contempt of Congress means. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, 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 oh. Can you end up in jail? Oh, uh, yes, historically. Historically, okay, uh, the House, okay, has actually arrested, or uh, both the House and the Senate have arrested people for not complying with subpoenas. Really? Yes. Where do they get arrested to? Uh, well, typically. Um, uh, uh, Please the, tell me there's a congressional jail. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because that would be awesome <laughs> no. and boring. <laughs> Congress usually has the FBI, okay. Oh. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, and is this, this isn't a common occurrence though. No, right? no, no. Because no. I'm assuming that most of the time when you get a subpoena from that says the Congress would like for you to appear, you don't go, eh, not feeling it. You say, oh, let me get my lawyer and we will go and sit there at the table and then there'll be times when my lawyer there's will probably, lean over and say, which means don't say anything. Or, there's probably words that are said before. Well, <laughs> okay, but yes, we but can, we're not using those, those words, words on the on podcast. Podcast, if we but, can help it. But but then you do get yourself a lawyer um, who sits right beside you, uh, as you indicated, um, and um, will be whispering in your ear throughout uh, the hearing. 
I mean, because remember, Congress is not a court of law. Right. Um, when it subpoenas somebody, it wants somebody to testify at a hearing to give, if you will, material or testimony to the Congress. So Congress then can go ahead and make future decisions, whether it be about legislation or whether or not they want to con- continue to investigate somebody in the executive branch or, you know, what's going on around the country, et cetera. Well, as yes. a side note, just as a side note, they also, I mean, like they don't have to subpoena you. Sometimes they just call you, right? Like mm-hmm. They just call you before Congress. Yes. Um, the Lori Hall, the director of the um, the government publishing office, mm-hmm. gets called there regularly when it's budget time. Sure. To start like explaining what they're doing with the budget and what they're going to be doing and all this. But I can't imagine there's a circumstance she's been subpoenaed. She just, I'm assuming, gets some sort of letter that says, come on in on next Tuesday and tell us what's going on with this, this, and this. Yeah, as I explained to my students, uh, particularly in the intro to U.S. government class, uh, Congress on a regular basis will ask people uh, who work in government, um, experts, etc., cetera, uh, to uh, come to Congress and to testify. Um, right, but that's not a subpoena. They're not. No. Su- that's a mm. separate thing. No, a subpoena is part of an investigation. Yeah, and, right? and subpoena is used because either the person who's being asked to provide testimony has indicated they won't testify without a subpoena, or in the case of McGahn, okay, President Trump said um, none of the people who advise me in the White House, okay, um, will testify because I think Congress's investigation is— A witch hunt. A witch hunt, um, that the uh, Mueller investigation basically cleared me. I'm channeling, if you will, President Trump now. And therefore, uh, this is a huge waste of time. Um, And, you know, what goes on in the executive branch is covered by executive privilege. Right. Okay. So Congress, um, when they were, um, uh, when the subpoena did not produce uh, White House legal counsel (laughs) McGahn, uh, the Congress uh, filed a lawsuit uh, not the Congress, the House of Representatives. The Senate had nothing to do with this, right? right? The House of Representatives filed a lawsuit um, in uh, a federal court. And in particular, they went to, they filed uh, uh, their claim in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. So does the Congress often file? No. It is highly unusual. Okay. It is highly unusual. So this was a deliberate Yeah, because most of the time— Act and Most of the time— Rare. um, uh, uh, Those people who get subpoenas, they don't necessarily want to testify. But But they they do it. But they do it. Okay. Because, again, there is the threat of uh, contempt of Congress if you don't comply with the subpoena. Well, and 
I'm assuming you also are looking at your legal bills and thinking, yeah, it will be really expensive if they decide to take me to court. Yes, because it's not cheap now to go to to district court and have to have this fight, right? Oh no, no. I mean, because I mean, in particular, if you want to get yourself a good lawyer in D.C. to respond to a congressional subpoena. You know, you're probably talking about a lawyer who's charging anywhere from, you know, $500 to $700 an hour. Not cheap. Oh, my goodness, no. Well, and you want a really good one because if you're going to try to thwart this Congress, then— The institution of the House of Representatives. (laughs) You you can't have me, who graduated from law school 10 minutes ago. Like, sure, I'll represent you for a buck. You know, like, no, you want— You want somebody who's been working in D.C. Who Who knows the players and how things are done. Knows the process, okay. Probably knows all the judges. Yes, okay. Probably has, has been before them with other cases and yes. done other things. Okay, so he gets a lawyer, they get lawyers, they all go to the to the D- Court of Appeals. Yeah, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, now, for those of you who don't know, we basically have um, 12 uh, uh, federal appeals courts. Uh, 11 are numbered, okay? Yes. Okay, the 12th one is the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, it is considered probably the most important slash prestigious of the uh, federal appeals courts, primarily because um, they hear appeals, uh, they hear cases uh, concerning federal government institutions, usually executive branch decisions, um, and not for nothing, um, a fair number of our Supreme Court justices of recent vintage previously served on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Okay. Okay. So— Well, it makes sense. They're doing the federal government's business business for the most part. part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, case goes to uh, 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 the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Now, uh, in an appeals court— uh, the initial panel is comprised of three judges, okay? Right. Um, and again, uh, typically um, uh, we want, um, okay, so for instance, the United States Supreme Court has nine. It's not that nine is some sort of you know, Magical number. Number, some symbolic number. It's that we want an odd number. I was going to say, it's, it's, it's it to avoid a, a tie. Right, prevents a tie. Yes. So it could be five, it could be three, yes, it could it, be seven. That, it's right. As long as it's odd. It's odd. So I mean, I suppose it could be 19, <laughs> although that would be, that'd be a lot. That, that would be a lot. So uh, a three-judge uh, panel uh, heard the case um, and uh, ruled against the United States House of Representatives, and they did so last week. And that was two to one, It right? was two to one. Okay. Okay, it was two to it one. It was not a unanimous No, it was thing. not. Okay. It was two to one, um, and they ruled that um, uh, Don McGahn did not have to comply with the subpoena. Now, the reason why this is a big deal is that, as critics of the decision pointed out— where now is the incentive for anybody in the White House to ever comply with a subpoena from either House of Congress? Right. Friendly or not. That's right. I mean, okay. in this particular instance, not friendly. Not friendly. But what Very if it were friendly yeah. and you just didn't want to 
you didn't want to show up for whatever reason. I got things to do that day. And basically, the two judges that ruled uh, in favor of the president's slash Don McGahn's position um, did so for two reasons. The first was they said that this was a political dispute. Now, Oh, and you have said that the courts have historically wanted to stay out, out of, of politics. Poli- th- that's right. You figured out you other branches. That's right. Don't involve Plus, us. This Unless they're an actual ca- like law, law involved. involved, okay, or in and this case the constitution or whatever. Yeah, and th- their perspective was this was a political dispute between one house of Congress and the president. And historically, and I've made reference to this in previous podcast episodes. Historically, um, this is what uh, constitutional law scholar Keith Whittington calls constitutional hardball. We've had instances where Congress has wanted information from the White House or the executive branch. The White House has said, no, we're not going to give it to you. The Congress may even issue subpoenas. But before it goes to court, okay, to enforce the subpoena, usually some sort of compromise is crafted, which allows both parties to go ahead and say, I won. Right. But the information yes, the information is shared. Okay. And this has gone on since the first presidential administration of George Washington, right? The Congress wanted to know how Washington was responding to various uprisings of groups who were like, you know, this brand new constitution isn't, you know, any damn better than, you know, the Articles of Confederation or what it was like. He's he's awfully much like a king. king. Okay. I'm not interested in that. Okay. Yeah. And and you know, in Washington, okay, as commander in chief, you know, would send out some militias and Congress was just like, you know, well, you know, what's your logic behind sending out militias? And Washington was just like, well, I'm president. I'm commander in chief. I don't have to explain myself. And Congress was like, you yeah. Do, yeah, you do if you want any money for any future militias. Okay. Can you see the founders? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Whatever. Right? Exactly. That's speak, the president. Speak to the, the hand. hand. That's, okay. that's the president and them saying, uh, yeah. Right. I have the purse strings over here, baby. Okay. So the, the, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, okay, at least the majority – of these three judges were like, okay, one, this is a political dispute. Second, they went ahead and said, because the House of Representatives did not take a formal vote, okay, you just had a bunch of representatives, okay, particularly on a couple committees of the House who wanted this information. The full House never took a vote. So as far as this panel, uh, this three-judge panel was concerned, the House didn't have standing to sue. <laughs> so wow, oh, yeah, right. So they could go back. Oh yeah, they could do a vote. They could, but by by now, I mean it's now starting to be stale. Yeah, and 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 again, remember the first justification was this is a political dispute. So even if the House had taken a formal vote, this you know. These two judges were like, it's still a political dispute. We're not getting involved. At the end of their opinion, it's almost like they expected their decision to be criticized. They went in and said, hey, by the way here, Congress is not without um, tools to force the president to, you know, to comply, right? 
you know, the House of Representatives can go ahead and slow walk legislation that the president wants. The House of Representatives could play hardball in regards to the budget. You know, yeah, shut down the government. Yeah, nothing motivated. Shut down the government until <laughs> Don McGahn comes by to talk to, <laughs> to us. us. That's right. And then magically. Nothing motivates a president more than a government shutdown because what we've seen. I of, don't know about this president. Okay, but of recent vintage. Yes. Okay, who but, gets blamed? Okay. Who, the president no. and whatever the party is in yeah. in the president, okay. in, in the White House. Now, but I'm not sure that this, this president, because yeah. that's kind of, yes. he's, he's, he's a whole different kettle of fish, as they say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, behavioral norms that <laughs> used to govern presidents. Well, and I think we're going to get to that because I have a question for you about yeah. something that was said. Yeah. Uh, personally. Yeah. Um, on Twitter, although I have many questions about Twitter, but which well, you can't answer, I feel certain, because they're you, they're sort of metaphysical. Like, why? Why does Twitter exist, and why do people? Well, yeah, and you're right, you're, you're talking to the uh, to the wrong person because um, <laughs> uh, I I don't have a, a Twitter account, and I have one that I've never updated. Okay. Uh, apparently. Um, uh, uh, some folks have created one in my name, okay, uh, which is not very cool, by the way, okay. And is not you. It is not me, but nevertheless, they occasionally post shit on there or stuff on there, okay. <laughs> Please forgive me, okay. Um, um, but but uh, 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 so the reason why this is a big deal, okay, is that you basically have— Wait, wait. Yeah. Isn't there another appeal, though? Can't you ask for an en banc? Yes. I was going to get to that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, that, I that's, jumped ahead. No, that's quite all right. So uh, the House of Representatives now has a decision. They can either ask, okay, the uh, uh, entirety of the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, all those judges, and there's like— Trying to figure uh, if they have any vacancies. I think they have maybe 10 or 11, maybe 12 in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. They could ask for what's called an en banc okay, hearing where all the judges in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals would hear the case. That's one appeal option. Right. Or the House could go ahead and say, yeah, there's very little chance that these in particular, two judges' colleagues are going to go ahead and overturn their decision. We're going to file an appeal with the Supremes. Okay. Okay. So the House still so has. They, has a couple, they have the, a couple the, the, of options. Yeah, they have a couple options. Now, you actually indirectly a few moments ago pointed out why the House more than likely won't appeal. Because, one, you have a presidential election coming up in what, less than 10 months? Yes. Okay. Uh, eight. Eight months. Yeah, eight months. Okay. Sorry. I was I was doing it on my fingers. Sorry, folks. Uh, 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 well, That's what you the know, silence well, was I'm, for. Well, I'm glad <laughs> you were doing it on your fingers because quite obviously I'm terrible at math. Okay. November is the 11th month. We are now into the third month. 11 minus 3 would be 8. But, you know, hey. What's a month or two, two here or there? It's going to feel like eternity for the next eight months anyway. Anyways, yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> um. So you have a political, if you will, calculation, but then you also have a legal uh, calculation. Does the House ask for an en banc review and then have, okay, a majority of all those judges say, yeah, it's a political question, you lose? 
or do they file an appeal to the Supreme Court and have the Supreme say, yeah, the lower court was correct? The House doesn't want that precedent to come down from the Supreme Court. Right. Okay. Because that that really embeds it yes. in a way that— it, It's one thing to go ahead and have an appellate court say it, but when you have the highest court in the land say, yeah, um, this is a political dispute and we're not going to get involved, well, that sends— Okay, you know, that's a precedent. A completely different message. message. That's right. right. Much the, more permanent message. Yeah, and the House will more than likely want to avoid that, right? Right, because if this happens again, they would want to be able to say, okay, we now know the arguments they're going to make. Yes. We can counter those arguments yes. when we do our appeal and yes. okay. likely not be turned away and undo this precedent, as it were. Yes. And, and, or and, and, mitigate, and, and, mitigate this precedent, and, and, not undo it. But. Well, and, 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 you know, and if you look at the current Supreme Court, OK, um, five of the justices were appointed by Republicans, four were appointed by Democrats. So if you believe political scientists, all nine of them are going to vote the same way as the president who appointed them. So uh, the House, which is controlled by the Democratic Party, would lose. You also got to know, too, if you study the uh, current justices, there's probably easily three or four of the justices in the conservative wing on the court who strongly believe in um, uh, the executive branch. Right. Okay. Presidential um, powers. Presidential power. Um, it's called the— Oh, and privilege and all okay. that other kind of stuff. They, the, you know, unitary, unitary executive theory. They believe in it. Okay. Um, and— you know, again, if if you're the Democrats in the House of Representatives, you don't want to dig in on that. Yeah, no, you don't, right? Um, so it's a big deal in the sense that we actually have a court that is is saying to the Congress and the President, we ain't getting, we're not getting work it out. Yeah, you work it out. Work it out amongst yourselves. Because don't come in here asking me if you can go to the movies because. You got told no by the other parent. I'm not doing this. Well, or, or think about this. I, I have two uh, uh, siblings, uh, uh, an older and younger sister, right? I don't know how many times my mom said to the three of us, um, I'm not getting involved with this. You guys work it out. Right. All I know is I want all the yelling to stop, all the crying to stop, and all the threats of punches to stop. <laughs> right. Okay. You work it out. Right. Right. And that's that's basically what the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals said. OK, so whatever leverage the House was hoping to gain from the federal courts, they got none. Do you think they should have seen that coming? Um, hey, like the House would ever ask for my advice and counsel. <laughs> but if the House had, I would have told them to pause and think twice about going to court um, to uh, uh, have the subpoena implemented. I, I just, I thought they got all the mileage that they could have by issuing the subpoena in the first instance and having the president say, we're not going to comply. Right. Because that follows the narrative that they're more than likely going to want to bring up in the fall presidential 
you know, general election, which is, you know, we have a president who hides things hides and doesn't things. allow people Repo- to, to you know, report to Congress, to Congress and, and, you know, is not right. transparent. Right. He's secretive and sketchy. And, and, you know, he's rogue. He's out of control, you know, and they could go ahead and bring that up over and over and over again. Right. Right. Um, we issued legitimate subpoenas based on the Mueller report and they've refused to comply. I mean, that's right. that's, a, that's how you win on that particular topic. And again, that's a narrative. That's a narrative that motivates your base. Right. OK. It's not going to motivate, you know, Trump supporters to vote for you. It's going to motivate and it's your not base to motivate the the independence. Yes. But it will motivate your base. base. That's right. Darn you all to heck for not. You know, doing what you're constitutionally supposed, supposed to, to do. do, you know, you know, you know, all those, you know, you know, pointy eared academics talk about, you know, <laughs> consensus compromise. Well, they're not, con- you know, compromising. Right. Exactly. OK. OK. So where does this go next after the like, do you think that they will do an en banc or do you think that they'll just sort of scuttle away? When will we know what the Congress is going to do? Do they have a time limit? Um, yeah, they do have a time limit. Um, each federal appeals court um, uh, has, if you will, operational rules. So when the decision was handed down, um, uh, basically the attorneys for the House of Representatives know that you know within the next couple of months they have to make a decision on whether or not they want to have an on uh, banc hearing. Um, and if they decide not to, and they'll actually notify the clerk for the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Oh, well, uh, they send a note saying never mind? Uh, yeah, pretty much. But in yes. but in Latin uh, well, with legalese around yes. it? Yes. Um, never a smite right. us? <laughs> yeah, okay. And, you know, and, and they won't use any emojis, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> little smiley face after. You know, you know, you know no X's and O's at the end. Right? <laughs> XOXO, so, the House of Representatives. Representatives, right? <laughs> uh, but then, uh, uh, according to Supreme Court rules, if they decided to appeal to the Supreme Court, uh, they have to do so within a certain amount of time. And uh, please forgive me, I can't remember the, the precise time. But, you know, they can't wait until like three years later and say, oh, yeah, by the way, we want to appeal uh, the okay. D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals ruling. No, they have to decide here in the next couple of months, do they want to appeal to the Supreme Court? And even if they did, the Supreme Court would not hear the case until the next Supreme Court term, okay, because the Supreme Court's oral argument calendar for this term is is already booked. Right. And don't they set that? They set that pretty early on, don't they? uh, Yeah. Uh, uh, For all the cases that they hear from the first Monday of October through December, they typically decide that the previous spring. So they're deciding that now, yes. now-ish, oh, yeah. in the next couple of oh, months. Yeah. So uh, to give you an example, um, uh, uh, the Supreme Court has already said they are hearing an appeal to a Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling that says that because the uh, individual mandate tax penalty is no longer being enforced, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals now has claimed that the um, Affordable Care Act's individual mandate is unconstitutional. Oh. Okay. okay. So a bunch of— uh, Which was Robert's argument. Uh, that, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that might change how that comes out in the yeah. fall. So the Supreme Court has said we will hear an appeal of that ruling, but in the fall. 
They've already decided. They're already beginning to fill up their calendar for the fall. In the fall post-election? Yes. Well, no, they haven't decided that yet. Ah. I mean, because technically— So that'll be interesting to see what where, effect— where, yeah, where they put it. Right. Okay, because I Because I would want to do it post-election. Oh, oh, oh g- good Lord, yes. Because right. that's not something that you yeah. would think the Supremes would want to take on the, 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 during the election, election. season. Because yeah. then they'll be swept up in politics in a way that they don't really like. Yeah. As the, we have noted, they're not a fan of— Yeah, they don't like to be a topic of elections. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which I don't blame them. I don't like. I don't like it either. Um, yes, because you're frequently a topic of. Election. You know yes. what? Someday. Yeah. Someday so, I live to be that. But but to your question of what's next, uh, what I think is going to happen is uh, what I predicted a few moments ago, which is the House of Representatives, um, uh, the, the Democratic Caucus in the House of Representatives, will probably say, "Let's not appeal this." Let's just use this during the election. Yes. Let's just use it during the election. Um, You know, if President Trump Trump wins a second term and we still have a majority of the House, perhaps we revisit this because more than likely this is their thinking. More than likely he's going to do something else that we're going to want information about and he's going to try to want to stonewall us. And at this at that point, then we can decide whether or not we take this you know, this type of issue up to the Supremes. Oh, there's already questions about that with corona, the, the coronavirus. coronavirus. I mean, yes. they, so I can see them finding oh, sure. a, a, a yeah. some way to use yeah. that. Okay, so I guess then what we'll do is just have to wait and see where we go, and we'll check back in with listeners when we have something further about what's going on. But I'm assuming that right now Don McGahn is on a beach somewhere having a Mai Tai and thinking, sweet, I don't have to deal with— With the United States House of Representatives, yes. Yep. Okay. (laughs) All right, so we'll talk about that later then. Thank you. You are welcome, Nia. You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU Libraries. Special thanks to the Workshop for Technical Assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this podcast.